This episode of the Pursuit Podcast is presented by Fisher Skis. Yo, 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 yo. Heck yeah, brothers and sisters and friends. How are y'all doing today? I'm Mr. Adam X. I'm your host of the Pursuit Podcast, and you're listening to the Pursuit Podcast on the one and only The Out of Collective. I don't know why I started it like that, but that's how I started this episode. Maybe it's because my guest is funny. And I thought I would be funny as well. My guest this week, the Calirado kid. His name's Joe. He's a father, a husband. He's a comedian? I don't know. I think he's funny. And millions of other people on the internet think he's funny. Why is why do I have a comedian on this show? He creates content for cyclists, bikers, mountain bikers, shorts, YouTubes. I know it's weird having influencers on the show. Is he an influencer? Is he a pro mountain biker? Is he just somebody who enjoys being outside and telling these short form funnies? I think it's that. I don't think we need to overthink it. The Calirado kid, not Colorado, Calirado. You can follow him at Calirado kid on Instagram. This guy's got billions of views i don't know if that means anything but we talk about it. it's such a fun conversation and i just love these conversations because they're they're refreshing like what made you do this why are you you know you're sacrificing your your tuesday night instead of going mountain biking you're filming a 30 minute a 30 second short about mountain biking so i don't know i mean it's just a fun conversation i tried to meet up with joe over at uh, 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 Sea Otter, and it just didn't work. This guy is like, people are like attacking him because he's famous. They want to hang out with him. So I was fortunate enough to get an hour with him. Uh, I was back in the van. He was at his studio at home in California. So super fun episode. Before we get into that episode, you guys know him. You love him. Favorite skis I've ever been on in my entire life, and one of my favorite companies I've ever worked with in my entire life. My friends over at Fisher, fishersports.com. These guys are good at having fun. They're really good at winning and racing and all that fun stuff, but I'm not good at that. I'm good at having fun, and they now make skis that are actually fun, and I love them, and I can't stop talking about them. Talking about those Fisher Rangers. I don't know if you follow me on Instagram. If you don't, follow at Mr. Adam X. But if you don't, or if you do, you'll know that I'm running this Fisher Ranger ski and it's so dang good the 108 was my go-to quiver killer out west i skied waist deep powder i skied boilerplate that ski is phenomenal and here's what i want you to do i want you to just support brands that you like and that support people you like and projects you like take a look see the things you like the influencers you like the brands you like See who's supporting those people, because that's what's most important. You know, if if you really like what the Colorado kid's doing, and you see a brand out there supporting him, maybe you should support that brand. I'm not asking you to buy anything. Support means liking an Instagram post, commenting on an Instagram post, just showing love to your friends, to your family, and to the brands, see how I spun all that, that support your friends and family. Specifically, my homies over at Fisher Sports. Check them out. 
I really, I can't like, I'm like geeking out. I also really want to get some Nordic blades. So maybe that's a project down the line for me and my friends over at Fisher Sports. But long story long, let's get right into this episode. And I hope you enjoy it as much as I did. I just, I just enjoy it. I just enjoy talking to great people, funny people. Oh, we also define the meaning of life. So I'll leave you with that. Peace. For the longest time, the best way I could describe it was I was the greatest mediocre mountain bike content creator in history. But I think at this point, we all know that's not true because there are a lot of people making better mediocre mountain bike content than me. So I don't even know where that leaves me in this space of mountain bike content creators. But I'm the Colorado kid. I'm a legend in my own mind is the best way I could describe it. And uh, I've come to fame from making a lot of short form content. I started off in the YouTube game making long videos. And now I've really kind of tailored and specialized my sense of humor to making short form stuff that turns out to be wildly successful. So that's the best way I could describe it. Do you consider yourself a professional mountain biker? 100% no. <laughs> no, like, because like, all right, so like as a joke, once I was on a news broadcast, they had me on the morning show as like a local mountain biker because I was promoting trail <laughs> advocacy and building trails. And in the headline of the news station, it was like pro mountain biker. And, and I was going to take that to my grave and consider myself a professional mountain biker until the end of days. But dear God, how many racers would that piss off? No, I would say like, I'm just a guy who likes making funny videos and it just so happens that they center around mountain biking. But to be fair, you get paid to do it. Very, very little. <laughs> I mean, okay. Like, okay, so take that into consideration, right? I was doing the math on this. This is something I'm doing a live stream in a couple of days and I was going to talk about this too. It's funny because like to unveil the mechanics behind it, like on YouTube, I've got like something like two, 2.5 million views in the last 28 days on YouTube alone. And the total income that I've generated from YouTube and Facebook meta slash Instagram or whatever is about $180. So oh. we're really charging forward. So when we say fame and fortune, we, we mean fame, not necessarily fortune. So in that regard, it's up to me to land brand deals and stuff like that to actually make revenue happen. And I've got a couple of cool rad partners that I work with, but it's certainly not from uh, the platforms themselves. They, they couldn't care less that I'm there. Does that... I'm... <sighs> I'm like frustrated about that number because I made, <laughs> I don't have half the clicks you get on my personal and I made a hundred bucks last month just from Instagram. Yeah. But like that was me reaching, I think my impressions last month were, last month were like 230,000 impressions. Yeah. But then 2 million, you get another 200 bucks more. And we don't have to make this all about money, but I think it is interesting because sure. they must like they're they're baiting me right now, right? Yeah. And well, I got the bad news for you. Instagram has officially killed the Reels bonus program, so they will no longer be paying creators. I never even got invited to that program. Uh, I put a video up yesterday, uh, got two hundred thousand views in a day, and uh, yeah, nothing. So there you go. I'll take the fame. I, I knew they crushed it. Um, yeah, yeah. But it's like I would think you get paid more from YouTube. Like, isn't that the whole point that like you put up, like, what's the point of putting out the content if you're not making a penny off it? Cause it takes you a lot of time. I'm sure it costs you money. Like we see a 30 second clip. Can we yeah. say that's your average clip time? Yeah. 30, 40 something. Yeah. Let's say it's average hundred percent. Right. Yeah. How much time goes into that? Jesus. Way too much. Some <laughs> of them, like some of them are quick, right? Some of them will be like, okay, I did one recently. It was like, uh, 
regular dad on the weekend versus mountain bike dad on the weekend. That's pretty relatively easy. I could do a couple shots like the regular dad's mowing the lawn. The mountain bike dad looks at the, the overgrown backyard, which mine is because I don't do the yard because I'm too busy shooting and riding. Uh, and so he looks at the yard. He's like, no, you know, and just walks off with his bike like I'm going to go ride instead. So like that took less time. But then there's times where I'll spend five plus hours editing a 30 second video. Like that's just it's frequent with me because I tend to like. Now I've, oh, I overthink everything. I try to think of like how the angle is going to make the joke better. What's the end of the video going to look like? How does it, how does it, the joke, it's got to hit at the end. Otherwise it just ends and people are like, that's it. So you've <laughs> got to have like a full on crescendo. It's, it's weird. The stuff that I think about, but if you look at the videos, they always like the joke will usually hit at the end. So you're like, boom, at least you get a conclusion. You felt like you watched a whole video despite it being short. So a lot of thought and effort, like, and if there's multiple characters or scripting that goes into it, so it's, yeah, it's preposterous. It's really stupid. <laughs> <laughs> I've discovered this. Yes. So how did this start? I know you said you started long form, but how did we get, how do you start at 12 minutes and get to 30 seconds? So I think like, and this happens with a lot of creators, like, and it's tricky for me, especially because I've got a full-time job. Uh, I've got a family. So my time tends to be a little bit more limited than others. And so while I was doing the long form content production, it would be like, go out and do a ride and then spend, I, there was, it got to be very elaborate style videos, as is always the case with the stuff that I do for some reason. But it ended up being like, I would spend like 30 plus hours editing a video. Like if I went to an event, an event, I would just elaborate, just B-roll, just bah, 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 effects, everything. <laughs> and then I put out this video and nobody would watch it. You know, like there's only, so, and that's part, like I've, I've said this before, it was my fault. I didn't know how to do a thumbnail right, didn't know how to do a title right. I've gotten better at that. But like that was crushing, soul crushing after a while. And it was just a lot, a lot of work. And then it wasn't until I had like my first viral video that went 4 million something views that blew my mind that really piqued my interest in doing short form content. And the reward was there. It was like right out of the gate. It was like people are watching, people are commenting, people are, it was like what I was looking for was uh, just that, that interaction. And so that was like such a huge spark. And I just kind of really doubled down on it because it turns out it all is also much more conducive with my schedule that I can go and produce these shorter form, despite the fact that they take a lot of work and they really do. Uh, it's a lot of time away from the family and stuff, but like, it's still easier than a very long form, which I am planning to get back into long form stuff. I'm missing it. I, I really got a lot of stuff. I have a bunch of notes, but that's how it, that's how it kind of trickled. I think I was like not feeling the reward of the long form and the short form really brought that in. Yeah. It's a weird dopamine hit that we get when just strangers from space like our stuff. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's interesting. <laughs> Even Seabass, somebody who's tremendously successful on social media as well. Like when you can go and he's done well on YouTube, but then you could do like, he'll put a lot of effort into a YouTube video and it'll get like 25,000 to 40,000 views when his average is like 2 million. You know, it's like, it, that's also like uh, part of him probably doesn't want to do him as much, but anyways, that's where we're all at. We're at the end of the day, I just have fun making content. So I can't really complain about anything. You know, what was the first, what was the first video that hit? Man, I had this one that went viral. It was like I went into my garage and I, for whatever reason, I saw inspiration on the Internet from this like guitar. And uh, it was a song. And so I got my mountain bike and I started playing the guitar on the chain. And then I had a bunch of other characters in it, like <laughs> playing the bongos with my helmets and stuff. And man, for whatever reason, it just resonated completely across the globe. It was the weirdest thing because I started seeing like comments from Brazil, Germany, all over the world. That was really the first viral thing that happened. And it was like, wow. And I was watching it real time and learning how it all worked. And it was so interesting to see, man. It was it was funny how it happened, but it's still uh it's still a legendary video for the Calorotic Kid history. <laughs> for the for the yeah when we when we write the uh 
the movie, <laughs> the book of Cali. Yeah, that's it'll be like you. Who would play you? Hmm. Uh, everybody says I look like Ted Lasso, but by that point, you know, uh, Jason Sudeikis is going to be too old. I don't know. Yeah, we'll have to find a a young a young lad to pay to play exactly. someone like yourself. Exactly. You have a mustache cup too, man. Mm -hmm. This is stressful. I've never interviewed was, someone with so much power. Honestly, I know. This is uh, that mug was given to me by outside Brendan. I came down to Thousand Oaks to visit Worldwide Cyclery, and I was like, uh, "Hey, Brendan, I'm coming down to visit the Worldwide Cyclery guys. You guys are in Southern California, right?" And he's like, "Yeah, I live there. Just come crash with me." I'm like, "Yes." So during the course of it, him and his wife are like the nicest people in the world. He bequeathed me this mug <laughs> when I left, and I was like, "This is the greatest thing." Now we actually did a live stream, real time, where we printed out a 3D must three printed mustache guard for me. And on the live stream, we had people pick which mustache off of this mug. So it actually, it, there's a great history behind this <laughs> mug, and I'm I'll love it forever. I told him it's my it's now my favorite mug. I didn't know we would get into the history of this mug mm. and 3D printing. I think we, everyone <laughs> listening knows who Outside is. We just, mm -hmm. I just call him Outside now. I don't even. Yeah, I know. His name is no longer Brandon. It's just, it's just Outside. That guy is, cracks me up too because uh, one of the things I talked to him about is like, man, you're going to be more successful than all of us because his content appeals to everybody. Like me, it's still you got to have a route in like some sort of mountain biking. A lot of the jokes are inside jokes to mountain bikers or whatever. Some of them are br broader appeal. But his, you can see what one of the weird things he prints, and you don't have to be a biker to understand it, you know? And so it's like, that's why he's doing so well. He's so creative, and it's fun that he's putting his face on things more often because now he's getting recognized a lot more, and he's, like, not used to it. It's great. I love seeing him, seeing him uncomfortable. Yeah, he's <laughs> well, he's an engineer, right? Like, he's a... Yeah. So he can only hide his brains for so long. That's like, right. Like, so he's making comedy, but everyone's like, you're smarter than us, aren't you? And like, it's so starting to show in his videos. It's great. He was actually, or I say, I should say, I was his first podcast ever. And I'd like to say that I am the reason for all his fame. And I told him that yes. last week at Sea Otter. So, cause he was like, genuinely, I was like, you know, you can like do this, right? And he was like, well, I don't know. I think he had like 10K at the time. I was like, you are going to, yeah, yeah. like, you have no idea what is about to happen. And then he moved mm -hmm. to LA probably because his wife's job but we'll say because he's a famous tiktoker now youtuber yeah, 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 like yeah. that's the so when are you moving to la is the question i already lived in la for about uh two years no maybe three years actually so i was in call i grew up in california okay and outside of the bay area uh, fairfield if anybody knows where that is close to where brian the old bkxc lives in vallejo so we grew up we went to high school together and stuff Anyways, so I moved to Colorado for a couple of years. Then from there, I went to L.A. for about two to three years and then came back here. So I've had the L.A. experience, would never have it again. Um, the town is rad. There is a tremendous amount of cool things to do there. Uh, we had kids, so it was like it was still a lot of beach time. It was a lot of museum time and stuff like that. But I just couldn't handle the traffic and the congestion and stuff like that. That just wore on me for so long. When we finally moved back to the Sacramento area, it was like a weight lifted off my shoulder. So just sitting in traffic every day was just a pure nightmare. Yeah, I couldn't. I last like four days in L.A. is enough for me forever. Yeah. Like, I'm good. Yeah. People are like, you want to go to L.A.? Yeah. I was like, no. Like, I don't. I have zero interest in it. Yeah. Agreed. What? This is a, This is a deep cut for you. Okay. Could be the deepest question anyone's ever asked you on a podcast. Okay, let's get it. What is the meaning of life? It's actually easier than people <laughs> think, I think. Well, okay, okay it's, a, it's like this is my interpretation. Everybody's interpretation is going to be a little bit different. I think it's simpler than people interpret it sometimes. The, the way I think about it is like life is a problem, 
and then you make a decision on how to solve that problem or situation. For example, uh, this isn't going right. So let me let me do this. And then two things are going to happen. One, uh, the outcome that you want is going to fix that problem that you had and make things better. Or the outcome is going to be a little bit not right. That's not what you wanted. And then you got to make another decision and split it. And like your whole life is just a, a series of decisions and uh, having the tenacity and the fortitude to like, make choices to just kind of move, keep moving forward. You know what I mean? It's like, you know, I, I, my job's like, oh, I don't really like my job. Okay. Well then quit and go or stay and be unhappy. Or like, you know, those decisions, like just the whole life is just making decisions. Like, Hey, I wanted a caramel macchiato, but they gave me a mocha, whatever. Like, do I return it or do I just <laughs> suck it up? Right. These are all little decisions. Everything we do is just like, it just keeps moving, moving us forward. That's all. I don't know. <laughs> okay. I'll take that. I'll take that easy answer. Yeah. Are you a good mountain biker? This is a genuine from the heart question. Uh, I'm actually pretty good. Uh, most of the times I ride with people, they are surprised that I'm actually a good mountain biker. And I don't really, I don't advertise it. Like not because like I'm secretive about my riding ability, but because my videos are all skit based and humor based. So there's never any footage of me riding anymore, but I'll go ride with people and they'll be like, Holy crap, you're fast, dude. And so like, it's not just my wife saying that, all right? It's, it's the, <laughs> the people that I ride with too, all right? So it is like I went out to Whistler and I was riding double black diamond stuff and it was like I was handling it. So it's not like I don't know what I'm doing on a bike. I just don't really have much riding footage of me anymore. So I'm, I'm good. I love the chunky stuff. I loved black diamond, double black diamonds. We took Dangerous Dave and uh, Van Can out in Highline in Sedona recently, a mighty adventure. Now that trail is like kind of rudimentary to me. Like, so the skills have evolved over years and I, there's certain things that I'm not good at, like jumps and things like that. But it's just because we don't have a lot of that here. Like I don't have jump trails. Like I have to go to a, a bike park to ride jumps and I'd rather just go ride a trail with the time that I have. Uh, I would rather just go adventure more than like jump. So it's not that I don't want to, and I respect the fact that people could do it. It's just, it would just be a lot more time for me. So I, I'd rather just go ride the trails. Do you think you'll start showing that you can ride a mountain bike? Like as you're, I hate to say as your like footage or as your content evolves, but like it has to continue to evolve, right? So like is there Yeah. Is there an ego that wants to be like showing people that you can ride? Or do you kind of like the people knowing that like maybe assuming that you can't ride because you're just this just this comedy guy, and then you go and ride silently and they're like, Oh, like is that a victory or is it no, I guess I don't think about it much. Like, uh, nobody really asks me. I just don't even bother. Like, if they want to go ride, I'll go ride with them. But it's like, yeah, it's just for the evolution of content, do you suppose that you need more writing footage on social media? Do you, do you suppose you need more? <laughs> like, right? Like, I, we see it. We There's some writing footage with some music. Cool. Like, I mean, there's a lot of that. Like, that's not really going to. And when I put foot writing footage in my videos, it's very quick because, like, the one trick that I've learned, I've been very good about how to edit short form videos you will lose attention fast. Like, so if you don't keep your cuts tight, like you'll notice how I do J cuts. I constantly, the audio will start before the next track begins. Like there's tr ideally very, very little downtime. So in the short form stuff, I don't see it coming into play as I develop more long form stuff. Again, I can see it there. Like, it, and I could see that happening. I have a couple of video, like series ideas in my head from producing long form content. And in that case, I would see it, but there's no hidden feature. Like my whole channel is built around my self deprecating humor. You know what I mean? So like I, I constantly take jabs at myself. Most of the videos where I'm making fun of somebody, I'm making fun of something I've done in the past. 
So there's no, like the benefit to what I do is I never make fun of anybody in particular. Like that's what I pride myself on. It's really just making fun of me. So like, there's no pride. There's no ego. Like, Hey, if you think I can't ride, that's fine. Like, but you can come ride with me. Like, it's fine. But yeah, there's, there's no hidden features there. I, it doesn't bother me at all that people think, or maybe they just don't even think about it. Maybe they just ride with me one day and they're like, Hey, he's actually pretty good. I don't know. Yes. I find it being a podcast host that like people assume I'm really good at mountain biking. Yeah. And I'm awful. Like <laughs> I'm, I can ride a bike. I have fitness. Mm -hmm. Like I've got that part down, right? Like I pedal a lot. Great. Eventually you yeah. have to have fitness. But like, you know, I'll go to Vermont. I'm an East Coaster. And like, I'll go to Vermont and they'll send me on like these chunky, like we'll go to Bolton and they're like, dude, follow me. And I'm like, I'm good. There's not a cliff on this planet that I like can't ride around or like walk yeah. down. Yep. And I find it really funny because like, I feel our humor is very similar, like very self-deprecating and like, I'm yeah. terrible. I'm garbage. That's fine. Great. But like when it comes to mountain biking, I'm just actually not good at it. I love it but I'm not good. I won't slow anybody down, Yeah. but good mountain bikers are good, and I am not there. Like, you can yeah, fake. Just, Go ahead. It's a certain breed, though. Like, for example, like, when I rode with uh, Nick, Van Can, and Dangerous Dave out in uh, the North Shore after multiple days at Whistler, the North Shore is a whole other animal, and there's no way that I could be good at that stuff without riding it regularly. Of course, they do. They're incredible riders because that's in their backyard. Like, we're talking about if you guys know what a skinny is, a skinny is just a narrow feature that you ride your bike on, right? And a skinny is pretty straightforward if you're like right on the ground with a skinny. And sometimes they'll they'll go in a like a kind of S pattern and you'll ride and you're like, ooh, I'm really good at this. In the North Shore, it's 12 feet off the ground. And if you fall off, you're gonna die. Like so every feature has has stakes to it. Like, and how would I get good at that? Unless I had a skinny park around here somewhere, the whole North Shore is like that. So it's like there's certain elements of riding that I'm never, I won't be good at, like unless I go ride there a lot. And so like, so certain people are kind of what am I saying? Like um, the results of their environment, right? Like so anybody that rides out there is just incredible. They could come down here and everything would just look like a like a preschool to them. You know what I mean? So <laughs> it really depends on where you're at too, right? So if somebody lives somewhere with no elevation, Florida makes up for it. But if you live somewhere that's just not gnarly, when you go somewhere that is, you're going to be out of your element until you like get some runs in, you know, it's, it's just the evolution of a biker. One of the things I've always said too, I find it interesting how multiple, how the way people enjoy their bikes, there's no wrong answer, right? Like some people just go, love to go dirt jumping. Some people love to go XC racing. Some people, all these things are the right answer. So no matter how you do it, as long as you like it and you're on it, then you're in good shape. You know what I mean? Like the, you're having fun. Who cares? That's right. Does yeah. That no. And I think, I think you like just the maker outside normal mountain biker, you guys yep. have done a really good job of kind of bikes are scary. Like skiing is scary. Yeah. That's like my wheelhouse. If you don't know, like skiing is my bread and butter. Skiing's intimidating. Mountain biking's intimidating. And like, mm -hmm. Bikes are expensive yeah. and you don't need the best bike. I think we all know that, but we all want yep. the best bike and you start adding up and it's intimidating. It's terrifying. And I think what you guys have done, I put you in that bubble is just kind of like, oh yeah, we do this for fun. Most of mm -hmm. us, 99.9% .9 of us just do this for fun. Mountain biking is the best sport one of the best sports because you can work till five o'clock and then go do it. 
You don't get to do yep. that with many sports. Yep. You don't have a lift ticket fee. You don't have to do anything other than just go ride. You could go ride around your neighborhood. You could go ride around a trail. You could do whatever. Yeah, it's, there's something special about it. I think like, oh, man, I think a lot of the industry is kind of focused on the hardcore, whereas like I think most of the people that ride mountain bikes or bikes in general are pretty casual riders like me, like just having fun on a bike. So I think there's a lot of us out there. And I think that the following that, you know, Seabass and Jess and myself and Brendan and Christian Pepper and stuff have gained is because uh, there's such a lot of people that just like to go ride bikes. And we don't think much more than that. Like, they don't always know what the head tube angle is. We just like to jump on our bike and go ride. So there's a good percentage of people that just like to have fun. And that's kind of where we fall, I think. Yeah. Do you ever, do you ever feel guilty? How so? <laughs> I just mean, like, like, oh, let's put it like this. You were just at Sea yeah. Otter. Uh, yeah. You could be standing next to Win Masters. Yeah. And someone will come up to you. And ask for a photo, and they might not even know who Win is. It's pretty crazy. It's pretty crazy. They're different worlds. They're, I even I'm like myself. I don't know a lot about racing, and I've never really been that interested in it. Like I don't like not just biking, for example, because I don't want to sound like even does I do a lot of mountain bike content, obviously, right? But like I don't like watching NASCAR either. I don't like watching F one. Like I've never in general. In fact, I don't even really watch sports anymore. I haven't for so long, years and years and years, because I'd rather just go ride on the weekends. And especially when I've got filming to do and stuff now, it just takes over everything. But with the kids, even then, I'll like, we'll go kayaking instead. You know, I don't really sit around and watch football or anything. So, like, it's a different world. Like, and now that I've seen some of the racers in person, watch some of the dual slalom stuff at Sea Otter, I've done, I'm going to the TDS Enduro this weekend. I really do respect it. Like, it's insane. Like, I'm watching these guys, like, I can't believe they're going down the hill that fast. Like, that's bonkers. <laughs> You know, and I'm like just sitting there and it's like there's a tremendous amount of respect. Like, I love it, but I just don't live it. And there's nothing wrong with that either because there's people that do and there's the people that don't. But I respect the hell out of it. And now I'm like getting a little bit more intrigued with the process. But, you know, that's still a very like passive watching thing. Like, I got to sit on the sidelines and watch them do it because I can't do it that good. You know what I mean? Whereas like I could just go ride a trail on a Sunday or whatever. But yeah, I don't know. It's interesting. Like, because the I think one of the things we mentioned was that I think humor tends to bridge the gap with people quite a bit. And I think the fact that all our stuff is humor based, we're much more approachable in that regard because we're all just making jokes. We're all having fun and that fun translates well. And I think you mentioned like racers can be intimidating sometimes, especially when they're in the middle of racing, like some it's an environment like sea honor, you wouldn't want to like come up and just like distract people. They're in the zone, they're competing. You're like, Oh man, like, I don't want to, I don't want to bother them. They're like, they're, they've got to focus. You know what I mean? So Obviously, when they see me, they're like, he doesn't need to focus at all. He's an idiot. <laughs> you know, so it's like, they don't have to worry about it. But I think part of it is there. Like, there's like, whatever, he's not doing anything important. <laughs> <laughs> that guy's an idiot. I'll go talk to him. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Look at him. I mean, do you like it? Do you like going to, I mean, we're just going to say Sea Otter because we were just there. Yeah. But like, I, we tried to cross paths. You kind of, we were going to record in person. You lost your voice, allegedly. No. Um, <laughs> you heard it on my story. Yeah, no. Bad. Um, <laughs> But I tried to, I saw you a couple times in passing and I, there was like people like gathered around you, not all the time, but like when I yeah. saw you, there were two to three to let's say two to four people fully engaged talking to you, which is yeah. phenomenal, but I'm not going to be like, hey, like yeah, yeah. I'm not going to do it. Do you enjoy that? Do you wish you could just kind of walk around? What does that no, feel no, like? No, I I mean, I always joke around about this, but it is really true. Like a lot of people get into this for money and that's really not why I got on into this at all. I got into it for international superstardom. Uh, <laughs> like I needed attention. I don't know what it is. So it's probably pretty obvious at this point. 
But like I got into it from the entertainment aspect. Like I like to entertain and I found that uh, over the course of the years, I've developed a way to do it. And I, I've, I've realized I'm good at it, even during live streams or whatever else. Like I'm quite capable of providing like valuable entertainment for people. And I've, that's really like my wheelhouse. So I fell in love with that element of it. And it, and just talking with people falls right into that. Like to me, I've said this before, I hold people hostage. They come and say hi to me <laughs> and they just want to say hi and shake my hand and take a picture. And I hold them hostage for 20 minutes, which is one of the reasons why my voice was gone because I just sit there and be like, I start telling stories or whatever else. Cause I like actually talking to people. And so I really dig it. I'm stoked when people come up and say hi. There's very few times when people go like, Hey, you know, I saw you, but I, I didn't want to come and say hi. I was like, just come say hi. Most people, again, I think the humor and stuff bridges that gap quite a bit. People are happy to come say hi. There was a big group of kids that came up to me at Sea Otter, and we were chatting it up and stuff, and then boom, taking pictures, like, sick, man, see you guys later, and then right back to my conversation I was having. Well, a couple of those kids came up while I was hanging with Eric Porter because we're sitting there just chopping it up. I saw him a, a year and a half ago in Sedona, like, love the guy. We chat, we text, all this stuff. Anyways, him and I were just having a really long conversation, and a couple of the kids come up to take pictures with Eric. And I, I was made, I let Eric know. I was like, just so you know, they took pictures with me first earlier, Eric. I just wanted to be clear <laughs> on that. <laughs> the, the see, I want to. I was going to say the battle of the influencers, but he's oh, no. a pioneer he of, of yeah. but also is kind of. I hate saying evolved into an influencer, but like he mm -hmm. creates content now. He doesn't. Yep. It's just neat to see like the evolution of Eric, because like. My claim to fame with Eric or thoughts of claim to fame with Eric, he was like the holdout on disc brakes. I don't know if you remember this, that like he ran rim brakes because of the one like grind he did. Yeah. He couldn't do it with disc brakes or like didn't think he could do it. So he like held out on like rim brakes for like ever from what I, I mean, it was probably like mm -hmm. a year, but like in bike time, that's forever. But like, I'll never forget that. That was like, that was like legendary to me yeah. and Eric Porter yeah. is a legend, but it's like, dude, you just held out. Like you were in magazines with like rim breaks when everyone had jumped <laughs> and like, I don't know. I always, that will always like be a staple in my brain for Eric Porter. Which... I made a funny comment in his video recently. Cause he's really good about integrating his kids in the videos in a good way. Like they're really, and I was like, Eric, how's it possible that your kids are not only better at mountain biking than me, but snowboarding too. This is ridiculous. I was like, at least I got the mustache on them, all right? They're not getting anywhere near that in the, for at least four years. Yeah, it's gonna come quick. Oh god, yeah, they're getting big, but those guys are his kids are shredders. They rip mountain or I was gonna say uh, snowboarding too. Like they're no, but I, I think they're just creatures of their own of their element, right? Like they have a park in their backyard, and it, I I I told him I was like, how does it feel? to know that your kids are never going to have to have a real job in their entire life. And he's like, no, no, don't say that. He's like, he's like, no, nah, I'm teaching them. They got to like get used to like get prepared for a career and stuff. I'm like, why? Like, yeah, they've got fine. you and they they can shred. They can do whatever. Like they've got a promising future at content creation. Just get them started. Make sure they got their own channels right now. They could be making millions in years. But to be fair, it's a ton of work. No, it is. It's an insane amount of work. And it's, it's, it's something that like, I think what weeds a lot of people out, they just don't realize how much it is and like how much wasted time, how much wasted money, how much like, it's just like, it's, I'm not sore on the subject, but I think about this often, right? Like how many weekends am I going to abandon my family to go do stuff? Like, and like, I don't, I like it, but I don't, you know, it's, it's a lot. Um, I feel guilty sometimes because like sea otter, I was gone all weekend, you know, and like, 
you know, there was stuff going on that I could have been present for, but it was also important for me to be there and talk to brands and like talk to fans and things like that and, and make some progress and this thing that I'm building. So it's all good, but it's like just trying not to just completely too absorb in it because there, there are important things in my life that require attention. Yeah. It's very hard to be present in this day and age. Yeah. You know, we're at Sea Otter and we're looking at our phones for what we're doing next weekend. And it's like, yeah. whoa, whoa, whoa. Like, let me just enjoy this event. Or we're not home. You know, it's just yeah. that in general. Do you, I don't know how much you want to talk about family, so I don't want to dive in too deep. But do you plan on integrating your family into this at all? Uh, the kids have actually been in a couple things. In fact, in my recent video that I did, which was shaving down the handlebars, which is the premise is like when you trim your handlebars, right? And then you trim a 10 millimeters off. You're like, mm, nah, it's not quite right yet. And you take another 10, you take, and then by the end of the video, they're like, basically like the tiniest bars in history. <laughs> Fixie bars. And I had my, I had my son come out and help me with one of the final shots. I was, had him do a panning shot for me. I was like, do you know how this works this? Okay, cool. And I had him like pan across the bars because I needed that shot. It's hard to do by yourself sometimes. So occasionally I'll integrate them in it in terms of like being in front of the camera. It's still like, it's still debatable because you're just not sure at what point you should expose your kids to just random people in that could that could say things about them that they may not be prepared to handle so i'm still i'm still learning as with all parents my son's 10 my daughter's seven they're 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 growing fast but like as with all parents we don't know what we're doing we're in the wild west of things like <laughs> you know like i'm sure like parents all through all generations are like i don't know how do how do you keep them alive i don't know like you just figure it out as you go Still trying to figure it out. They've got good personalities. I don't know where they get it from, but eventually, yeah, we're gonna we're gonna bring them in for sure, for sure. And they but bike. I assume they're you're a bike family. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've got to get a new bike for Franco. So this is all getting really expensive, isn't it? All our expensive hobbies. Damn it. Yeah, it's. I don't have any kids, but I can't. <laughs> I think I'll just stop doing anything fun when I do. Mm -hmm. Like I'll just be like, you're gonna play soccer because that one seems yeah. cheap, or like. I would say golf because it's like low impact and probably pays well if you're good at it. But like to yeah. get to that level, I don't think I can afford. So yeah. I don't know. Everything's pricey. Everything's pricey. It's scary. It's mm -hmm. but good thing we're you know YouTube's just printing just printing Benjamins for you, so it shouldn't be a, printing printing dollars. <laughs> really shouldn't me. be yeah, an issue. Great. Uh, really just rolling in. Coolest thing you saw at Sea Otter. Coolest thing I saw at Sea Otter. Honestly, like I don't know if I'm. I didn't spend a lot of time looking at products like really like I just spent a lot of time hanging out with everybody like I, it was just it's always fun to me to just go like hey Seabass where you at hey Heather Maneve what's up like hey Brian BKXC was out there hey like Eric you know I would just destinations were just going to hang outside Brennan hanging out with Christian Pepper like to me that's really important stuff um that is funny I didn't really look at any product like I talked to a couple like manufacturers and stuff but it doesn't wow me. Like, there's not a lot of incredible tech that's like blowing my mind. I think the SRAM, the SRAM, SRAM, I don't know. I always mispronounce it. I think there, there's an H in there, I think. I think their $3,000 product is impressive to a certain degree, but like, uh, I don't know. It's just, I've never been a tech guy. And I think maybe that's part of the appeal, right? Is like, uh, I don't know. I just, just like, like their advertising is like, you can hit it with a hammer. And I'm like, okay. Why would the, I do that? I know. <laughs> I'm the king of like possibly ruining sponsorship opportunities in the future because I'm kind of made poked fun at them for their uh, for their grand unveil where they sent every bike shop that big old wooden crate and they forced them to shoot a video. And most of the bike shops didn't know how to shoot any video. They don't know how to shoot videos yeah. on social media. So you could see like every single bike shop in the country like, 
here's a box. Like, and it was like, come on. All right, here we go. Like, put me in charge of marketing. Uh, I think you had to, I'll get fired for this too, but I'm pretty sure you had to order at least 10 of them as a shop to get the box. I think. They're could, taking the Ford model. Like, we're, like if, if you're a, if you have a Ford dealer, you have to order, you have to sell so many Mustangs or whatever to get a GT500 or like whatever yeah. it is. Like to get that special version, it's just like a whiskey allocation. You gotta you gotta order fifty seven crates of Buffalo Trace before you can get one like wh whatever. Right? Whatever like, it is, right? Wow. Yeah, yeah. It. See, I'm the guy who likes the weirdest thing I can find at the show, and I don't yeah. mean weird being bad, but like there was a booth that was like a. Do you lose your chapstick? Like, here's a chapstick holder for, mm -hmm. like, your backpack. And then there's, like, did you see the spaceship? There's a spaceship, and they're, like, these are tires developed by NASA. And they were, <laughs> like, they, they were, like, never flat tires. Like, you know how they use, like, chain meal? Yep. It was, like, that with, like, a rubber st strip on them or something. Here's the, here's the product I, I want. Here's the product they want. I want a tire and a wheel set, maybe more appropriately, that just doesn't lose air pressure ever. Like, I don't want to leave it in the garage for three days and have to re put, like, every time I go to the trailhead, I got to check my tire pressure. I just want a tire and a wheel set that never loses pressure. If they can do that, I'll buy it. What if you just don't check it? Well, yeah, that happens too. Like, That's I'm like, well, me. I got a lot more traction today. This is amazing. And then I got a flat. Yeah, it's like, yeah, but that's that's the point of living, I think. Like that's me. I am like I just pull my bike out of the like under the van, just like pull it out of the rack. It's disgusting. I haven't washed it because yep. like why would I wash it? Like I have to drink this water. I can't waste mm -hmm. it washing my mm -hmm. bicycle. And then Plus we're in a drought, you know. Yeah, yeah, we're in a drought. I don't know. It's rained every day on the East Coast for the last three <laughs> yeah, months, but enough. but like everyone's like checking their like like. I need a shock for my suspension. And I'm like, what? Mm -hmm. Like, wh what happened to springs? Like, you just get yeah. a spring that's weighted for, like, me, and then it's good, I thought. Yeah. But I'm wrong on that, which is fine. But, like, my bike has never had the same setup, day like, day to day. The no. tire pressure is just plus or minus. And, like, I rode yesterday. I put two new tires on my bike because I'm a maintenance guy now because yep. I had, like, just bald tires like i was due oh, both yeah. of my tires at like 35 psi like hard as a rock and i was like whatever that's fine because i wanted the beads to set in my head but yep. i never took the air out so then here i <laughs> here i am in about two weeks you'll have the perfect air pressure in your tires it'll be fine well but like i don't know no, and then i gotta run fluid in there and that's lighter i know like yeah, what? Is yeah yeah I, I don't get, I, I still don't, I'm not entirely convinced that running tubeless is the best solution. We're, the mountain bike industry as a whole is quite convinced that tubeless is the best solution to the problem. But every time I get a puncture, it doesn't seal. I don't understand. I actually kind of want to make a video on that and like really like see how many times I could puncture because all the, all the product stuff you see is like, oh yeah, it seals right up. Every time I'm on the trail that I get a puncture, I got to put a bacon piece in it. I got to, I got to seal it up. It doesn't Instantly. Seal you like have to have the bacon quick or you can use a yeah. pump and like, I don't want to do the motion because this, we might use this video, but like, yeah. it's like the smallest pump in the world and you have to like, yeah, it's the worst. I don't, my, this is my maintenance. I, t I like pulled the core from my, uh, Presta valve. Yeah. Pulled the whole core. The tire still held air because the stands sealed my entire valve. That's how 
bad I am at bike maintenance. I was actually proud of that. <laughs> I have at least learned uh, that you got to check every three months for your fluid and stuff like that. I'm pretty decent at certain levels of maintenance. Uh, that's not awful. But I do. I remember when I got a shock pump. Somebody says, oh, I was like, what accessories should I get with my mountain bike? He's like, you got to get a shock pump. So I got a shock pump. And I never touched the thing. And then I finally like, dude, you know what? Like something's not right back here. So I went in like I was going to change the, the air pressure in my rear shock and I got the shock pump and the batteries were dead. I'm like, God damn it. Like it was out on the trailhead too. I was like, oh, this is, yeah, <laughs> this is like right in my face. But also <laughs> like you set it to like, I don't know I have it in my notes where I should be, but like, let's say it's someone's going to be mad at me. Cause I don't even know what the number's supposed to be. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If it's a two digit or a three digit, but like, Oh, it, let's set it to 37.2 PSI. Cause that's mm -hmm. perfect for my height, weight and body shape. And then, Okay, 36.2 or whatever I just said. And then I unscrew the valve and it's just like, and then I'm like, who knows where I'm at now? <laughs> like, I'm not I even made, close. I literally made that video, by the way. There's one where for inflating my tires, where I go and pump up the tires and I look down at the pressure. I'm like, perfect. And then I go to take the thing off the valve, the, you know, the, the yeah. pump off the valve. And it's just like, and then by the time I finally get it off, the tire's flat. I'm like, damn it. And I have to start all over again. Not like, even close. That is literally, I made a video about this. Yes. Oh my God. How do you, yeah. what is your, well, I'm kind of swerving. What does your process look like? Like you're putting out so, content. How often? Maybe I should know this, uh, but whenever I feel like, whenever I feel like you I don't, don't have really a strict schedule, pressure. like, you know, despite the fact that growth will just change drastically on social media platforms, like I at one point when I had a couple viral things going, I was gaining like, you know, 3000 a week or something. And now it's down to like very little. So it's like just depends on how much you put out. But at the end of the day, like I just don't feel a lot of pressure that I need to. Like I just kind of make the stuff that I want to make and I put it out when I want to put it out. And, um, you know, unless there's a paid thing, whatever that's time committed. But other than that, like it's been uh I just, I try to do like one a week if I can, one or two a week. And it just, you know, it just depends because like, again, depending on how involved it is, if I can't get out and ride, it's a lot harder. So luckily if I can get out on like a Saturday, I can try to film a couple at once and stack them and try to like edit them. And I spend a bunch of time on them. So it's like, I don't really feel bad. They take longer. It hurts me in the long run because I could easily just take some trending audio and put some whatever to it and do it. But I kind of take pride in the process and I enjoy it. So yeah, I just kind of, that's one of the things when I first started YouTube, I was very much like invested in the performance of a video, meaning like I would spend all that time to edit something and then I'd put it out. And if nobody watched it, it was, it had more of an effect on me, right? You really cared because it was your baby, you know, you spent this time on it. And with the short form stuff, I still have that because I do take pride in all the stuff that I make, but like it's, it's less. I can just put a lot more out, put it out, ah, but that, that one didn't get that many views. I don't really care, like, you know, and the ones that go big, I don't care as much anymore either. Like it used to like, at first it's exciting. But now it's just, I'm just making stuff that I think is funny. Like, and then, and it's been received well. I've been lucky in that regard. Like people dig it. And I, I man, that's really the biggest thing is like, I, I wouldn't be able to do it if people didn't care or think it was funny. So it's a, uh, it's a good thing. My sense of humor is adopted well by others. I don't know. Is there a certain video that sticks out in your brain that you're like, man, that one should have went. Yeah. There's a Downeyville video that I made that I'm really proud of. I got to redo the thumbnail and I swear to you, but, uh, it's like Downey, it was my love letter to Downeyville. It's like a really good, like well-structured video for the most part about this town that I love. It turns into a mountain bike town in the summer and it's like an incredible trail system. And uh, I spent a lot of time on it. Then you look back and I think it's got like 10,000 views or something. It's like nothing, like respectively, that's pretty good. But like, I don't know. I was, 
it's just you know it's just it's my fault i didn't put a right thumbnail and title like if you do that you can usually get views and it's still like you have to gain traction on youtube as well right you've got to you've got to build an audience you have to make it so that youtube knows how to handle you and what to do with you because like if you're making one video is a cooking video and the next video is like a hockey video and the next video is a book review you know have you been on my youtube blue have you been on my youtube (laughs) no 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 i'm kidding but yeah yeah but that's like then youtube just doesn't know who to hand you to they're like what do we go do we give him the hair do we i don't know but when you're specifically like it learns that hey he's mostly mountain bike audience they like it and then it starts to get a groove going maybe but I don't know. How important are thumbnails? Because we've this has been like a huge conversation in yeah. our out of collective Slack chat. We actually just started a if thumbnail you, chat. If you don't have a good thumbnail, your video is going to die. Uh, it won't get seen. What if, is your unless secret? You're a mask, I don't know. I suck at it. Um, I could tell you. I could Ow. tell you the tricks to it. I know the tricks to it. I just haven't made a long form in a little while because it's so tricky for me sometimes with time and management. But like, it is the cover to your book. Now that changes a little bit now that on YouTube, for example, when you're scrolling through, YouTube auto plays a little bit, and so that maybe negates a little bit. But imagine your screen full of thumbnails. If that thumbnail and title pops at you, and you can't help clicking it, there was one an example. It was like how uh, I can't even think of it now, so I don't want to bring it up, but. To make a good thumbnail, it needs to complement the title. It needs to be simple. It needs to like have your subject matter in there. Like if, for example, Brendan made a, a video about Lego pedals, you know, the, the thumbnail should be the pedal. It could be his face, like looking at it, like, you know, will it work? You know what I mean? Like that sort of stuff. And it's got to be like, I made Lego pedals, like, or these Lego pedals actually work, you know? And you're like, wow, Lego pedals, that's kind of cool. Like it has to pique your interest enough. And if you, if you really want it to do well, it has to pique anyone's interest, not just a mountain biker's or a skier's interest. It needs to pique everyone's interest. And, and then that, those are the ones that will go the biggest. But again, I, I'm not very good at graphic design stuff, but there are a lot of people that are really good at it. Look at BCPOV. His, uh, his thumbnail and title design is incredible. He's always really good at it. It's It makes sense why it's important, mm. but it frustrates me that it's that important. It is. Now, that's the benefit also of going to short-form content. Uh, we've lost your audience, by the way. They, they never want to hear this stuff. Nobody wants to hear the details behind the details. But No, I the think they do because they like – I I do think people listening just think it's easy. And like yeah. you just like don't mow your lawn for a month and then like yeah. film a clip of your lawn long and like <laughs> – but like – it's a process, and there it's an art. I was there, doing that for a Manscaped ad, by the way. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. <laughs> Check out use code. No, um, no, 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 yeah. But like, I do like these conversations because it is work, and I think um, sometimes whether we want to call them content creators or influencers, they get like this bad rep that it's just like like the industry shuffling to that and they're putting money towards that, but like they're putting money towards it cause it works or brands mm-hmm. wouldn't be putting money towards it. And yep. like four and a half hours or five hours for a 30 second video, that's just filming. Then you have to type a like a proper title, a clickbait, mm-hmm. like it is work. So I think talking about it is, and maybe my listeners didn't stop listening. Maybe you're right. But like, I do think it is important to talk about cause it's, it's hard. It's a it's a secondary job that ninety nine percent of content creators or influences or influencers are doing almost full time. 
Yeah, I mean, because the people that are doing it like us, we never stop thinking about it. Like, we're always thinking about video ideas. We're thinking about how we can execute. We're planning our weekends around shooting instead of writing. We're, we take the hit. I mean, we take one for the team to make content instead of doing things that'll make us better writers or whatever else, right? So I'm not a woe is me. I'm not looking for like, but there is work that goes into it. And like, yeah, oftentimes I spend three hours, you know, next to my truck filming a thing before I even get out to ride for like 30 minutes, you know? So it's, that's all on me. It's all on my shoulders because I enjoy the process, but there's definitely like, it's not all fun and giggles all the time, but you know (laughs) what I mean? But it's also not bad at all. Now, the one benefit of going to short form content versus long form on YouTube is thumbnails matter far less, far less and titles barely matter either. As long as the video is good and punchy, people will see it. So that is one advantage because you don't have to know how to make a thumbnail and title on short form stuff for the most part. In fact, YouTube auto selects your thumbnail on a short for you. You know, you can't even select it anymore. You used to be able to. So these things are advantageous to people like me who have less time to spend, you know, four hours developing a thumbnail or whatever. Like, so again, all those things, if short form is very advantageous for that versus like the YouTube game and YouTube as a whole, uh, is the best platform for creators because they actually reward creators. They pay creators. And if you make a good YouTube video, you can make a lot of money on it. And like, if you continue to make YouTube videos, they actually produce. And so even shorts, there's, they're monetizing, which is no other platform really is. TikTok technically does, but yeah, it's still like the, the best business in the game. YouTube. I was going to say, so if you had to pick one, TikTok, YouTube, or Instagram, You'd pick YouTube. Yeah, Instagram has been a weird space lately, honestly. And like, not only did they take away Reels bonus programs from a lot of people, I know people that were making money at that and are no longer making money at that. But then they started charging $15 a month for nothing. For a little blue badge next to your name that gets you nothing. Like, there's no advantage to having that other than you could tell people that you have it. So, it like, at one point it meant something. You were a verified, whatever, like a major... Like, if now I see it, I'm like, oh, that guy's paying $15 a month for... Uh, a badge like and it just like that doesn't really provide any valuable uh, return so they they took money away from people and then they demanded money from them like it was the weird bait and yeah it makes it feel right the checkmark thing is insane because i because twitter did it too and i don't know what he's doing over there it's its own space in that world (laughs) but like the idea of the checkmark is great it's for famous people or content creators or like Mm -hmm. someone who could easily get their stuff copied like i picture catfishing like you're not talking to brad pitt dude and like you knew you weren't talking to brad pitt because like brad pitt had a verified check mark and that's the internet's a scary place but now it's just a wild wild west that like which it's always kind of been but like i really like the idea of the check mark and why it existed originally and now I can just make like at Brad Pitt, like underscore and get a check mark and like catfish people, which has been really good for me, actually. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's working out really well. You're, you're making tons of money yeah. and you're just meeting people in Walmart parking lots every day. It's great. Yeah. It's awesome. But you know what I mean? Like, that's why it existed originally was to like, yeah. you can't like you can. It was verified. You were Twitter as an organization or Instagram acknowledged that like you are the Colorado kid. And now if you can just pay to say that, who's to say someone's not just going to make. Now, my I know you're right. My understanding is you have to provide an ID. You've got to provide an ID. And you've also got to change your name to like Seth recently did it. Seth Bikax. He says it's, his name's going to show up as Seth Alvo now because to be verified, he's got to show ID. He's okay. got to have his name tied to it. And you have to have a picture of you as your profile picture. So it can't be logo anymore. So all those things have to happen on IG to be 
verified if you're paying the $15 a month. So those are like a couple changes they made. It's still technically is a public figure. It's advantage. It's advantageous for him because like he is a big deal. Like, and so I could see that that way. Like if you don't see a blue check mark, you know, it's not really him. Like, cause there's probably lots of Seth bike hacks with a Z and all this other stuff out there. I don't know. I haven't seen that much with the caliber of kid yet, but do you think, I, mean, I don't know. It's got to help the algorithm, right? Like if Seth's paying, I mean, he creates good content and good content mm -hmm. will always go up, but like there has to be like, this guy's paying. We have to like, well, no, because original. Well, I mean, like now, according to them, uh, no, like they said, they took away the idea that it would give you expanded reach. Like they said okay. that publicly. Whether or not that's the case, I couldn't argue. I don't know that's that true, right? I don't know. I don't They're know. liars. What they I don't believe anything. Yeah, who knows? Yeah, yeah. Who knows? All they, all I know is that publicly they said that it would provide no strategic or like uh, advantage to having your content shared further and getting better performance. So. As far as we know, publicly from what they've said, that is not the case. So, publicly, but again, they told us our data was safe. Yeah. Yeah, I know. I know. We're all <laughs> no, screwed. This, this is turning into a conspiracy podcast. We're all screwed. Yeah. No. I, all I say, yeah, I don't know. I don't care. I don't spend much time thinking about it. Like yeah. I said, it's just like I got other things to worry about. The so answer is care. YouTube. The answer to the question is YouTube. Yeah, YouTube yeah, yeah, would yeah, be yeah, your yeah, platform. Exactly. They'll take care of you. If you were a bicycle part, what part would you be? Hmm. I'd be a dropper post because sometimes I'm up and sometimes I'm down. Dang. That's a great answer. You're right? proud of that. You have a smirk yeah. that you're proud of that answer, as you should be. Yeah. Yep. Dang. Well, good thing you're not my dropper post because you just be down all the time because it's broken. Oh, oh, God. I know. Like mine's, my, mine on my Yeti is totally screwed up. My Yeti is just totally beat up. Luckily, I've got the Revel right now. Yeah. Are you, how are you digging the Revel? It's fantastic. Now, uh, yeah, like uh, it, it was great. Like they, they sent that bike over to me. It's kind of a long-term loaner, so it's not technically my bike. I mean, it's like whatever, but I've been riding it for what, six months plus now, whatever. I went and crushed Sedona on it. It feels fantastic. Very nimble. It feels very capable on that thing, so I'm really stoked on that bike. I think that camp company's rad in general. Like I've, I've had chances to hang out with Adam, the CEO. We were in Sedona. We were hanging at B for a little bit, just talking shop. And I love when people really nerd out and you could tell they're passionate about something. It's like if somebody sits down with me and wants to talk about, um, you know, content creation, I could talk all day and you could see it in my eyes, how like stoked I am to talk about it. I can't do that with most people because they don't really want to hear the nitty gritty. They just want to say like, Oh, you made a funny video. Cool. But like for him, like sitting down and talk about paint schemes on bikes, he could talk about it for hours. And so I, I am always interested in that. So it's great just sitting down, learning, learning stuff and telling stories. And I'd love to expand my knowledge in the bike industry by talking to people like that. And like, it's been a good relationship in general. They they are a really cool company. I dig it. Yeah. Uh, full disclosure, I'm also on a Revel Rascal. Sweet. Uh, <laughs> they're just good. Like, and Proper I good. They're they're just good. And Adam's great, which always helps. Um, yep. You know that doesn't that doesn't suck when you can like go to a trade show or a bike show and like meet kind of the founder CEO idea yeah. guy. That's neat. You can't do that with a lot of brands. And much to his dismay, I, I text him all the time now. Like so, like, yeah, he hates I, that. So, oh no, I was <laughs> no. like, hey Adam, like, what's this? He's like, oh yeah, try this, try this. I'm like, cool man. Like, but him and I talk. I bounce stuff off of him and stuff. He's just, it's again, it's a rad, it's a rad atmosphere. They got a cool, uh, they got a cool atmosphere there. Again, they're not paying me or anything. They're not whatever. So I don't like, I can say whatever I want, 
I can say as many bad things as I want about them, but I'm not. So that's <laughs> got to say something, right? Like, it's pretty good. It's awesome. So yeah, they're always rad. It's the Otter. I went hung out the booth for a while and just chopped it up with them. And it's great. I want to get out to Carbondale and go check out the plant out in uh, Carbondale. They obviously don't manufacture there, but I want to go hang out and just do a ride with them and stuff like that, too. So yeah, the yeah, trails there look good. insane. Yeah, Colorado trails are incredible. Some of the best trails I've ridden in the world are in Colorado. So I want to get back out there, and that'd be rad. Just go hang with them and just talk shop some more. Yeah, they're they're good people. I don't want to talk to them about them too much because they don't pass any money. But. No, I know exactly. <laughs> Forget them. <laughs> no, they're good. They're good people, and I genuinely mean that. Um, I know. Do you get a lot of trolls? Yeah, it's funny. I really don't i've got like caught up in the meme game for a little bit like where they just they just don't like me and that's fine like uh i mean i'm not for everybody and i don't i don't care that i am or that i'm not like now in my experience in my world if i like if i don't like a movie i just like uh, i just don't watch that movie or you know or i just don't like talk about it but if there's a really great movie then i'll be like dude you gotta watch this movie you know what i mean so like to, to me i'm like pretty i just don't like I don't really spend a lot of time on the things that I don't like, but some people do. And so like, they're almost my biggest fan group, like, because they were like me making memes with me and stuff like that for a little bit. And it was, uh, it was like, they were bigger, like they would jump in every live stream I did on IG and it was like, holy crap. Like they're my biggest fans. And they're, yeah, they're, they're also the ones that hate me the most. <laughs> they are engaged in this content. I know it didn't bother me at all. Like it's whatever. It's fine. Like I, I don't care. Like people can spend their time however they want to spend their time. Um, but no, surprisingly enough, I think it has to do again, one with the humor two with the fact that I kind of make fun of myself a lot. So it's hard to make fun of me because I'm already doing it to myself. I don't know, but like, it's been very good. Now I, I will say also, like, I don't do like bike reviews and stuff. I, 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 there's a lot of content creators that will get like really the back, the, the, what do you call it? The backseat, like mechanics that come into the videos for bike reviews. And they'll be like, you know what? That uh, that degree isn't right. Like if you do this, like oh, I would do it this way. Like those, I don't really get that because my videos are all just comedy skit based. So I think it, I accidentally avoid a lot of that because it's so preposterous and it's been advantageous in that regard. Because I do know like creators that do like serious videos and they get more trolls and flack because there's actual facts. Well, because their opinions, <laughs> the right? Yeah, yeah, and there's facts and opinions and like as soon as somebody goes, well, I wouldn't do that. I would do this. Like. That you get a little bit more of that. I, I don't get too much of it. Mostly people are just like crack up at stuff. So, you know, and they can tell me the joke's stupid and they're probably right anyway. So it doesn't really, <laughs> it doesn't bother me, you know? It's fine. Uh, weirdest DM you've ever gotten? Uh, not weird, but I remember somebody asked me to record a voicemail for them, and which I happily did, but I don't think it was the result that they wanted. Like, because I was like, do you want me to say something specific or do you want like, they're like, no, go for it. And so I've recorded one. And it was like, uh, I don't remember the person's name, but I was like, hey, I'm going to say John. And I was like, you've reached John's voicemail. He may not be the best looking guy in the room, but he's certainly present. You know, like it was something like <laughs> yeah, that. Just... And like they did. I don't know if they appreciated that. I don't think they ever responded after that. Sorry. I mean, what do they expect you to do? They didn't give you a script. You just give me some guidance and I'll be off to the races. All right. But if you let me go to my own accord, you're something's coming your way. You're not going to want. Trust me. <laughs> My mind works in weird ways. Yeah, it's, is there any, <laughs> speaking of, is there a video idea that you want to do, but you won't do? I won't, well, no, <laughs> no, I've got a good one. And I actually put this out. I was going to look it up, but I already know it. It's like, I have a good one and I need a hospital room to film it. Okay. But it's hard, it's harder to get a hospital room than you would think. Uh, it's I actually it pretty easy. 
What? Well, I don't want to get. Everybody's telling me I got to go crash. I was <laughs> yes. like, I don't want to crash to get to the hospital, but I need and I, and Seabass is on board for this. So, imagine the greatest collaboration of all time: normal mountain biker and the Colorado kid. I got a brilliant idea, and it is very borderline. Like it was almost as borderline as the masturbation joke I did with Bobo, the VR masturbation joke video. And like, it's funny because I actually had people coming up to me at Sea Otter telling me how they like that. I'm like, oh, dude, like I only I scatter those in every now and then. I am a grown up, you know. Most of the stuff I make is family friendly, not intentionally, but just because like I have kids and they watch all these videos, so it's not like I'm trying to be the most wholesome guy in the world. But like, occasionally I just got to speckle some stuff in that comes in there. I was like, I got to, I just got to make it. So like, yeah. So I did one about a step bike, and you know, like, don't you feel bad about riding your step bike? You know, like. Paul of Hunter was telling me I should have got it stuck in a dryer or something. I don't know. Like it's all <laughs> porn jokes. I would try to keep it to a minimum. <laughs> yeah, you try. I mean, you got to have a couple that like you know you gotta you gotta appease everyone. And I At thought you're day like the best part about this is, is my channel, so I could still kind of do whatever I want. If I screw up my own reputation, then it's my fault. You know. Yeah, and you're not like this channel is presented by Tide Pods. Like you're not. Like, yeah, it's like, you yeah. haven't sold out completely yet, so like you can still no. like manage no. i remember we had, like find we signed of like one of our first big sponsors and then my counterpart also named adam just kept like told telling everyone to eat ass on twitter and i was like we should probably stop that. Yeah, like unless it's your sponsor <laughs> like like val can eat ass and this can eat ass oh, and like yeah. i get it it was fine but i was like ah, we need to slow down on these things we can tell people to yeah. eat ass once in a while like that's fine yeah. But like not every rebuttal to everything should be eat ass. So we've we've grown up. This is what this is us. This is growing up. That's it. Yeah. This, we're just look at us. Look at us. Look at we're us now. Us having a conversation on a podcast. Yeah, about eating ass. Uh <laughs> yeah. I have a couple more questions and I'll set you free. Yeah. Um, how do you feel about garden gnomes? Mm, no, no, uh, they're creepy. Uh, like now that I think about it, uh, it not that millisecond I had to think about it, they're creepy. Who the hell? Would, why would you have a garden gnome? Right. Like, why don't you get like a little fake bunny or something? The garden gnomes could just come to life and murder you at any moment. I feel like if you're gonna have one, you have to have a thousand. There's That's no in between. And then, then you're like the crazy cat lady, but with gnomes. And now everybody just steers clear of your house. So why would you want that? Well, maybe, maybe you do want that. Maybe you don't want solicitors. Maybe it's a victory. Yeah, I think if you yeah. have one, if you're gonna have one, you might as well have a thousand. How do you feel about e-bikes? E-bikes are fantastic. It's a segue uh, question. A, yeah, I did a series of um, educational videos, edu like educational fun videos with the International Mountain Bike Association on e-bike awareness and like just kind of basic stuff. Jess made a series of them as well. And uh, it's amazing how much flack the IMBA, which is an organization that really does a lot to advocate for trail building and things like that all across the country, how much flack they got on Facebook in the comments section for people like, e-bikes like it's still very much like again i'm a i'm an adult i'm a grown-up i have kids so like seeing that behavior like cracks me up i'm like it's very childish i don't understand why people care so much about how other people spend their time like it's fine like are they having fun this is all my creed right it's like are you having fun then you're having a then great all i care is that whoever it is is having fun whether you're a great writer a bad writer an e-bike writer you're riding a uh, one wheel you're riding what are those things that like people ride that they surf on now with like a single wheel is that a one wheel that's a one wheel the one I've wheel you stand on like snowboard way yeah yeah, yeah that's a I've one seen guys on the trail riding those i'm like i don't have a problem with it i'm sure there's gonna be an uproar like i'm sure there's plenty of mountain bikers xc racers that are like get them i don't know why i said xc i don't want to offend anybody here but you know i'm sure there's like <laughs> we know who you're like, talking about these one wheels aren't for us these are our trails like dude are they having fun fine they're not ruining anything and plus like we can go 
fix a trail. Like as long as it's not crazy, it's fine. It's fine. I, I like I go on um every year. I say this story. We go to Downeyville. We rent e-bikes. We go to these mighty backcountry adventure rides that are like. 6,000, 7,000, 8,000 feet of climbing in one day. You keep out, I keep getting higher. 20,000 feet in like one day. You know? Yeah. And then, uh, and then we'll go do that. And like, we'll do this mighty adventure. And it's like really fun. And I wouldn't have done that on my bike. Cause it was like, so such a big ride, 35 miles and stuff. So I dig it. There's a place for it. Don't have a problem with it. Like just have fun. I do find it interesting that e-bikers always have to explain themselves on the trail. And it's a joke I've made before in videos where it's like, uh, <laughs> Anytime you see an e-biker on the trail, they have to let you know that they're still very, very much physically fit and that they're also like, they still have an analog bike, you know, or a regular bike. They're like, oh, I, I just, you know, I've taken a day off my regular bike. I'm like, it's fine, dude. You're having fun, right? Who cares? Like, but <laughs> notice that next time you go on the trail, just like, don't even say anything, but just kind of like make eye contact with the e-biker and see if they give you an excuse as to why they had to ride the e-bike that day. Like, I almost guarantee you're going to get something out of somebody for sure. That's a great point. I never really... It's happened. I never really thought yeah, about it, it, but it definitely happens. It happens love, a lot. It's funny. If I had a real job, I would have an e-bike. Like, mm -hmm. that's no-brainer for me. I yeah. don't know why people... I always use it, like, skiing. I walk up a lot more mountains, and I, like, then yeah. I take chairlifts normally. Like, normally I prefer to tour than I do. But, like, no one's mad at skiers for taking a chairlift. So, like, why are we mad at... Like, I don't know. I don't get it. I'll never understand it. I don't think e-bikes should have throttles. That's like my, like, because some have like a twist throttle. Oh, I haven't seen that. I've only seen like class one e-bikes, I think. Then that's great. Like assist, yeah. pedal assist, great. But like when you have one that has like a, like the first, like zero to five, you can like roll the throttle and it like gets you rolling and then you have to pedal to go faster uh yeah i don't think i've seen those on the trail maybe i haven't looked closely i've only really seen tr like the yeah, class ones on yeah. my trail systems i think pedal assist i'm all for it big yeah, pedal assist big big fan um mm -hmm. should mountain bikes come with pedals yeah hell yeah they should what the hell is going on with that that doesn't make any sense like dude you can go to Walmart and get plastic. Just throw plastic pedals on the bike. Do something. Like, what are you guys doing? This is silly. We've we've grown past this. I it's don't like know. asking if your spaghetti should come with sauce. Yeah, it should come with sauce. <laughs> I don't know. I think that's a hot take. <laughs> I think that's a hotter take than you think. People are no. finicky about their pedals. It doesn't matter. Come with crappy pedals, and then they go buy their new. Like, they're going to buy the pedals anyways. So at least, like, when I bought a bike for the first time, I didn't know it didn't come with pedals. Like, I was, I didn't know how bikes worked. Like, just <laughs> throw in some pedals. Like, why doesn't, like, P&W or, like, 1UP or one of these companies just like, hey, every bike you sell, we're going to put our pedals in that box. Like, why? I mean, I'm sure it costs them a little bit, but, like, they could just add that cost onto the bike. Just manufacturer specialized. Hey, we're going to throw our pedals in, like, and then if somebody wants to change them, they can. But, like, a... $35 set of one-ups like in each pack like that's got to be advantageous for somebody I don't know what do I know then it goes into their sustainability story and then people are throwing out pedals it's a whole thing I don't know I have no idea I it is a weird I do remember that epiphany when I bought like a nice bike for the first time yeah. and it didn't have pedals when you, know, you buy like, a car does it come with a throttle <laughs> what are you with if they sold that separately? Like I can't drive the car until I get the pedals in my like what? What? If you bought a stick shift and it didn't come with this, you have to buy a separate shifter? Like what? No. You just put the pedals in there. <laughs> You're selling an incomplete product. Uh I love this take. I really I 
genuinely. It's like batteries not included. It's the same thing. It's, it's so stupid. Oh, here's this new toy you can't touch until you go buy something else. Like, what? But that's how it is. That batteries yeah. aren't included in, like, anything mm-hmm. we buy now. You have kids. You know that. Mm-mm. Nah. Have batteries, batteries used so to be included in everything. People don't remember that. I want the Chinese knockoff batteries. Yeah, they were great. want to kill the world. They're yeah, fine. They explode half the time, yeah. It's yeah, fine. they're fine. Everything's fine. Um, mm-hmm. Describe mountain biking to an alien. You see that big hill over there? We're gonna get to go. We're, we're gonna go down it really fast and dangerously. You want to come with? <laughs> okay, it's the best I got. I'll yeah. take that. Uh, something. Yeah, no, don't put. Don't put that. Don't put that thing on my butt. <laughs> something you wish everyone knew about you. Holy crap! I don't know. I don't know. I feel like people know most things about me. Um, that I wish people knew about me. Yeah, I'm incredibly good looking. But they, they, already they already know that. that. They already know they already that. They already know that. Oh, man. I don't, I don't have anything good on that. I'd have to think about that one. All right. Sing me a song that best describes you. <clears throat> hold on. <laughs> me, 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 me. Okay, hold on. You're the best around. Nothing's ever going to bring you down. You're the best around. Okay, good. Got it. You yeah. nailed that. Nailed it. Um, pizza or tacos? Tacos, any day of the week. Playlists or podcasts? Playlists. Pool or beach? Beach. Fruits or veggies? Fruits. Waffle or pancake? Waffle. Groomers or pow? Wait, oh what? Oh, is this a snowboarding reference? Yeah. Pow, pow. (laughs) Coffee or tea? Coffee. Favorite movie? Ooh. It might be There Will Be Blood. Okay. Favorite album? Nine Inch Nails, The Fragile. Okay. If you could cook a meal for someone, who would it be and what would you cook? Someone dead or alive? Uh, I'd make tacos and invite Ryan Reynolds over. <laughs> what kind of tacos? Uh, carne asada. Oh, good call. Good call. Mm-hmm. Are you still doing a podcast? Does that still exist? I do live streams, uh, which convert into podcast form. They're not really okay. specifically podcast ish. Um, really, I mean, because like most of the times, a lot of stuff I do is visual too. Like the fireside chats when I have guests over, stuff that's pure visual. Like I always like say, go watch it because that's part of the fun. But like then I'll put them in audio form so people can listen to them. But I've never committed to the podcast game. I just don't know that like. It's advantageous. That's just something that, like, if I had, if I was doing this full time, that would be an easy sell. Like, I could just pump, pump those things out weekly if I wanted to. But, man, just uh, the organizing the live stream and stuff is just, uh, it's just more stuff. So it's, I, I like the idea of it. One of these days. One of these days. What's next? I don't know, man. Like, I've actually like that's a good question because I've gotten to where I thought I could get, and I did it quicker than I thought. So the rest of this is like unknown territory. All of it is like, I'm just flying blind now and it's good. It's nothing wrong with it. Like all all the moves I make now are just like, I'm winging it. Like the financial side of things, all this stuff's like, I didn't expect, I kind of knew that I would get the notoriety, but now I don't know where to go from there. So it's all like, it's all fresh ground now. So I'm still paving the path, but if I can lock down enough brand deals and stuff, there's, there's so much I could do. Uh, We'll see. We'll see. In a perfect world, where do we see the Colorado kid in three years? 
imagine me pumping out YouTube videos, uh, just doing as many shorts as I want, running a podcast, doing content creation, maybe a consultation business on the side and, and helping companies produce content and making money that way. There's a lot of ideas. I'm a creative guy. I'm an ideas guy. Like I can come up with an idea like that, you know, like I don't always have time to execute. So imagine if I did. So I think, um, just gotta get there. Yeah. It's just, the, the yeah, that's what I'm thinking. I'm sure it's a lot scarier with a wife and kids at home. It's a lot harder. It's, it's a, a lot, lot harder. different I mean, if, than. I mean, if it was just me, I would have cut loose a long time ago and got a van. You know, living in a van down by the river, It'd been nice and creepy. But it's just not that easy, and that, then nothing wrong with that. Like it just means there's more in my path to overcome, right? So it's fine. I don't. I treat everything as like a positive challenge. Yeah, it's amazing. Um, where can people find your content? If you have brands to thank, you can thank them right here. Um, but where, you know, how can we support you the best is really kind of always my question at the end. Like, where do you see it the most? It's not because I think it's not always dollars and cents. A lot of the times mm -hmm. it's likes and shares. So where can we follow you? People to thank. How can we support you? Perfect. Easy, easy, easy. On Instagram, it's just Calirado Kid. It's not the, it's just at Calirado Kid. On YouTube, it's Calirado Kid. Not Colorado. People get that confused. California and Colorado. Cali Rado Kid. TikTok, it's the Cali Rado Kid because I screwed up one time and I, I couldn't remember my login, so I had to make another one. Um, <laughs> and so that's all good. Yeah, like in terms of supporting me, like there's really not many ways you could do it financially, like uh, other than just check out the content, like it, share it. You know, that sort of stuff is always helpful. The, the, the further it goes, the better. Um, I am working on a set of gloves right now with Trill Mono, so I'm going to unveil that in a live stream on Friday. So that's going to happen. It's like I don't like doing merch because it takes a lot of time, but this is the first merch drop I've done in years, so I'm going to do that. Um, in addition to that, Worldwide Cyclery has been huge in supporting me. They're a great company, Jeff and Jared. They all make content, so they get what it's like to be a content creator. So they sell product across the globe, um, bike parts, bikes, all that stuff. I have affiliate links. If anybody wants them, they can hit me up. But you know, they've been really supportive of what I'm doing. If I need something, if I need help, they're there. And I love that they understand the content side of things. That's huge for me. And then, of course, Revel. Revel um, really has kind of been great for me for the last, you know, however long we've been working together. And uh, they've been very supportive. And Everyman Jack's actually a sponsor of mine. So it turns out they're a very big company. I went down to the <laughs> HQ recently. They were incredible. They showed me around. We went riding Mount Tam. We went to the Mountain Bike History Museum. They were just very gracious and fun and they're like, anytime you want to come to the office and work, you can just hang out here. It's like a very good outdoor-oriented company that kind of gets it, and I'm stoked that they're on board, and they've been really rad. So every man, Jack, if you see them in the store, like Target, Walmart, whatever, tag me in it and say, hey, thanks, Calirado. Yeah, you don't even have to buy it. Just tag them in it like you I know, it. but it's like a, actually a good product. <laughs> they use it all the time now. They, sent, they, gave, they gave me a bunch of it, and I was like, dude, I'm loving it. I'm actually using it all the time. So it's like a great product, and like I'm stoked that they, they're on board. So that's pretty rad. Amazing. And thank you. Thank you for taking an hour and 15 minutes on your Wednesday night where you could be probably hanging with your kids. So Yeah, it's okay. I'm pretty sure they didn't burn the house down. I told them to watch TV. So I think, uh, yeah, there's no, there's no sparks flying. So yeah, they'll fine. be fine. They'll be fine. We're fine. Kids are tough. <laughs>